Hey, welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where sisters Alex and Sarah Franklin bring on comedians to recap Bachelor episodes and reflect on their own journey with Bachelor Nation. Enjoy! everybody welcome back to trust the bachelor process um, alex and i are coming to you from a zoom this week we haven't done that we've only done dial in um but i think it sounds pretty good we're pretty excited uh alex would you like to welcome our special guest you guys i i truly could not be more excited for who's joining us this week we are so lucky to have such an incredible guest she is the star of Fox's new reality show, Labor of Love, which follows one woman's unconventional journey towards potential love and motherhood. It's hosted by Sex and the City's very own Kristen Davis. Shout out to all of our Charlottes out there. And it can be watched every Thursday at 90 Central on Fox. Please welcome to the mic, it's amazing and incredible star, Christy Katzman. Hi, ladies. Welcome, Christy. Thank you. So how are you doing? Yeah. I'm good. You know, Everything. I'm good. It's a crazy time all around. So, you know, throwing the show into the mix is, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's a good thing. It's a little bit of a lifeline. It's overwhelming at moments for sure, but I think I'm, I'm glad to have it. And I hope that, you know, maybe we can provide a little bit of inspiration and entertainment for people at a time when I think we really need it. Yeah. I love that you say that. It's a lifeline right now for you because every, everyone is like grasping at ways to connect. So yes. like what a special way for you to connect with so many people right now. That's it awesome. Is, you know, it is. It is. And that's what I try to embrace. I have to tell you when I found out it was going to air, because of course we filmed this last year, you know, I was in the middle of pandemic city as well. And I thought, oh my gosh, am I ready for this? You know, but Things have gone on, you know, longer than we thought and things have gotten more difficult in other ways. So yeah. I think, you know, hopefully this is kind of a bright light for people. And I think we're definitely trying to shed some light on some really important modern topics. So um, I'm just trying to embrace that journey and, you know, continue to give it everything that I have. Um, so Chris, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit offline um, before we started recording, but um, what I love so much about the show is like the fact that it takes the topic of fertility and it brings it into the mainstream conversation. And as a woman who is also trying to freeze her own eggs, like I, and who's also understands what an emotional process that could be, I wonder what it was like for you to put yourself out there and be on this journey and allow yourself to be vulnerable just with America. Yes. I mean, you know, no big deal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> but I, you know, I love that you said it because I think that's the truth. And that's ultimately why I said, yes, you know, I have so many friends that are in the same position as me. Uh, this is, this is a modern situation. You know, it's really interesting to me. I think, I think I know so many women going through this today. They're facing the same decisions that I am, but we're not talking about it. Right. So for me, I knew that I was moving forward with motherhood and the way that it turned out for me was that I was just going to be doing that on my own. And 
you know, I had embraced that, but it, it's not necessarily what I wanted. So for me going into this journey, I of course had an idea of what I hoped the outcome would be, but no matter what, you know, I felt like I know that I'm not alone in this journey, but I feel like a lot of women out there might think that they are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I thought if I'm willing to put myself out there, this could open a lot of doors for women. I mean, what if we could change the status quo at a minimum? What if we could just know that we're not alone, that there's so many women out there. And I think for me, as scary as it is in some ways to really put myself out there on, you know, television, really make this public. Cause it is a very personal, vulnerable journey. Like you said, it's a very personal thing, but that in a strange way feels less lonely to me mm -hmm. than just going through it alone. So for me, that was a really big reason to say yes, not knowing what the outcome would be going in. I think there was no way for me to lose in this with everything that could come out of it. That's so true. And I think just by the nature of like having this reality TV show, like on our televisions, like it's just allowing the conversation piece to be out there in the ether and be like, well, actually, yeah, no, I have been experiencing this too. And I'll say firsthand, I have certainly felt left alone watching you. Like I, I love yes. it. Um, I also just want to say for people who haven't tuned in, the structure of the show is very similar to The Bachelor um, in the sense that like you are, you have 15 guys. Um, by the way, the hot, Sarah and I obviously are obsessed with The Bachelor. 15 like gorgeous men that you are dating. <laughs> and I mean, it's not a bad position to be in, right? <laughs> I mean, you are a stunner, like you are the vibe oh, of the scenario, you. you are so stunning, but like, um, the process is you are eliminating and finding somebody who's not only going to possibly be a partner, but also be somebody that you want to have a baby with. Um, That's right. So do you feel like the fact that you like were able to have all of like the, the premise of the show is that you want to have a baby and you have a timeline and you're very open and honest about what that timeline is. Do you feel like because the show is just so out there. It kind of allowed you guys to be more honest with each other, like rather than sort of like dancing. your intentions were set at the top, like right yes, at the start. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think all of that, right? Because everyone who signed up to do this show knew what they were signing up for. Like people need to know that. So these men <laughs> yeah. knew what they were signing up for, and it, they obviously have a different biological clock although they do have one, as we learned in episode one. Dr. Kaplan. Dr. Kaplan. I mean, I love Dr. Kaplan. Dr. Kaplan's number one fan, but he has a lot of fans out there, I, I can assure you. Um, but they do, you know, they do have a, they do have a timeline. And I think these men in, in their own way found themselves in a position where they were ready to have a family, but they were also having trouble meeting someone that they could see starting a family with. So there is some common ground. Um, but now I just totally forgot what you asked me. <laughs> oh, was it a little bit easier being able to connect, not having to like dance around what you oh, guys yes. want? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That was amazing. Like, so, so yes, we all knew what we were signing up for. So automatically I felt like I could just be very direct. It's funny because mm -hmm. a lot of people have commented on that. And I didn't even realize truthfully in the moment that I was being so direct until I'm sort of watching it play back. And I'm like, wow, I really was direct. <laughs> But the truth is I had kind of gotten to that point in my dating life in the couple of years leading up to the show. Anyhow, you know, um, I had just reached that point where 
I literally didn't have time to waste, you know, but I think that's also one of the beautiful things I have found about being a woman in my forties, you know, you really do reach that point where you just don't want to waste your time, you know? So regardless of what's going on, you don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste anyone's time. Um, so I was certainly having these conversations in my real life, you know, before the show started, but being able to go into a dating situation where I was really looking for something very big, like you ladies said, you know, not just someone that I was, you know, romantically attracted to, but who I could also see raising a family with. And that's definitely on a sooner rather than later timeline. So really important decisions being made, knowing that that sort of vetting had already been done for me was a big deal. You know, I think any of us out there in the dating pool, regardless of what your age is, kind of having someone's intentions vetted before you even start dating is, is a bit of a dream situation, really. <laughs> I mean, I'll be the first to right. say it. Really good. Yeah. It's really good. Because you can be dating and it, three months in or maybe even longer, you know, whatever it is, these conversations might like not come up for so long. So for you to be able to that's just- right yeah, go right in and be like, okay, we know that's out of the way. So like, what kind of parenting style do you want? That's right. And you know, it's funny because I think as we started, even though we all knew we signed up for, it was awkward. I'm not going to sit here and say it wasn't awkward. We barely knew each other and we were getting into some heavy stuff pretty quickly. But what was interesting is, you know, just a couple weeks into the process, it became very normalized. And, and I love that, you know, and I think what you said is very true. It's, we just had to start having the conversations mm-hmm. and that's something that I hope everyone can kind of take away from this. Like, it's okay to have these conversations. We should be having these conversations. Totally. Yeah. I'm actually so curious, like hearing you talk about it, would, would you ever find that you were in conflict with somebody that you were more romantically attracted to, but somebody you might not think would be the best dad? Like, was there ever a moment where you were like, oh my God, I mean, he would be really fun to date and have fun with, but like, do I want him to be the father of my child? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I'm trying to be very careful because- Oh, sure. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. (laughs) We're only going into week four, ladies. And I will tell you, there are some twists and turns ahead. So everyone better like buckle up because if you think you know the ending, I promise you, you don't. Oh my God. Um. But yes, absolutely. And I think like based on last week, we can kind of talk about that. You know, Walker is a great example. Walker is someone a hundred percent. I would have wanted to keep dating, but you know, he definitely had this lifestyle where he was traveling a lot. Mm -hmm. I I didn't necessarily see that changing. I was very vocal about wanting a hands-on dad as a co-parent, you know? So that was a situation where maybe I ended that relationship much sooner than I would have outside of the show. Sure. Um, you know, and at the same time, I think, and I don't know if I want to name names here, but I think there are men that maybe were not someone that I would have initially been romantically attracted to, you know, going out on dates, but saw like such strong parenting potential. And that was part of this whole, I don't even want to say experiment, but it kind of is an experiment because it hasn't been done. Um, for me, you know, what is it that would be right in the end? what's the combination of romance and partnership and parenting skills? And when have any of us gone on dates where we're testing parenting skills? I hasn't mean, been done. It's real. 
I, it's so funny because I like we, we view everything in the in the prism of Bachelor. So being able to so the group dates are drills now. <laughs> the drills <laughs> essentially. Yeah. You're seeing how nurturing they are. Um, there was yeah. One, oh the like the decathlon where you wanted to where you were going up against like fifth graders or something oh yeah those kids were so amazing weren't they like adorable and, and seriously so ridiculously smart i mean the, the brain versus heart when it comes uh, to truman. love yeah that was amazing <laughs> i can't wait to see what truman does because i feel like he's gonna rule the world you know I mean, I'll I mean, for him this november if he feels like <laughs> <laughs> Um, they give me so much faith in humanity and like you know we need that right now i was like going yeah. back to those kids like what a great group of kids that's so true but you also got to see how the men interacted with the kids which is i mean paramount like you would just be like oh well they're really good with them and this is a hot thing that i want to keep in mind yeah you know i love that you said that because i think this is the first drill where there was something to really observe outside of the drill the sort of task at hand and I don't know if the guys realized it until this point that often that is what I was observing more than mm. whatever, it, whatever it is we were putting them up to. Right. And so in this case, you know, intelligence is important to me. It is. And that could really take on a lot of different levels. You know, people have different types of intelligence, but what I really wanted to see was how do these men interact with kids, right? This is the first time I really get to see them in real time interact with children. And that was my biggest takeaway, you know, um, from the drill actually. So that becomes a bit of a theme where I'm really observing what they're doing outside of what they think they're doing. And often the information I think I gathered in those moments is what kind of made it or break it or broke it, you know, for each of these right. men. I still don't know if they know that, but they might know it on the playback. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if they can they're, put they're it yeah, they're watching it now. They're like, oh, wait a second. Right, they're like, that's where it went wrong. But you know what? It's true for me too. It's so interesting to watch because so much of this, and I think people get engrossed in these stories and they don't realize, like, I do not see anything that doesn't happen in front of me. So, so much of what goes on, I really don't know. So it's really interesting process for me to have gotten to know these guys and then to see what they were doing and saying when I wasn't around, which is probably 90% of the time, right? Yeah. So. Wait, I want to uh, go back to something that you said. Oh, sorry, Sarah, did you want to ask? No, it's okay. Yeah, oh, you go ahead. You can go I, back. I wanted to go back to a, something that you had said earlier that like sometimes these men would show you who they were and then that would be, you know, that would be like alluring to you, you know, you, like they maybe it wasn't somebody that you were initially attracted to, but then you maybe connected with them and you're like, oh, maybe we'll go on a date. Um, yes. And that kind of seemed like that might have been what happened with Matt. And by the time this airs, everyone will know Matt's fate. But um, it seemed like you guys had, you guys really connected on your single, like one-on-one -on -one date, but then um, like he was gone maybe a, a couple of weeks later. What happened in between that period of time that made you realize that he wasn't the right guy for you? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good point. And that's where sometimes I think no matter what, dating's still dating, right? And I think that's one of the things that we sort of learned in this process, at least for me. Um, it was this interesting balance of absolutely putting who can I see as a true partner and co-parent in this situation, but at the end of the day, still needing that romantic component to be there. 
and Matt was someone that up front I knew was one of the good guys. You know, I knew he was one of the good guys. I knew he was absolutely ready for fatherhood. He's kind of the nice guy, right? And I will never say nice guys finish last because I ultimately really believe nice guys finish first and I really wanted a nice guy. Um, and I think those sort of factual components drew me to Matt as one of my early contenders, right? And he's my first date. That was very intentional. You know, I felt like Matt really checked a lot of the boxes off up front and I maybe had a little bit of a question with the chemistry component. And so I wanted to go out on a date with him early to kind of test that out. Yeah. Um, and our date actually was great. You know, I think our date was actually great. But I think then as I went on dates with some of the other men, maybe that initial spark that we kind of built on the date faded back away. And I think it was just that reminder to me that I really was going into this situation, yes, with a little bit of a different frame of mind, but still kind of wanting it all. You know, if I was going to go all in on this, I really needed all the boxes to be checked, you know, parenting, partnership, chemistry. Um, and ultimately that just kind of naturally fell away for us. And I think I had made this decision because how do you navigate something like this? And we've never even seen this done yet. You know, there's no other seasons for me to look back on to say, Hey, how did she do it? You know, I feel like I'm really kind of, you know, forging a path here. Um, I had made a decision as soon as I knew someone wasn't it, that I would let them go, you know, regardless of if I was attracted to them or, you know, there was some component that was still very relevant. If I knew they weren't going to be it, I eliminated them. And that was kind of a decision I made going in on how I would navigate this process. Well, that's what I love so much about this franchise versus The Bachelor. I just feel like everyone, the honesty, <laughs> like nobody's there for the purpose of making, well, I mean, obviously at the end of the day, we're making a TV show, but because the age bracket is at, like, an, everyone's taking it seriously and we're not like trying to be influencers, people are just being more direct with each other and the way that dating in your 30s is like it's just a more truthful experience it is yeah and i love that you said it because i truly think this like late 30s early 40s has become a really big dating pool actually it's just not represented and i think all of us had a bit of a question particularly with the men what are they going to be like living together <laughs> what will a group of 15 40 year olds be like living well listen they deliver right like <laughs> you worried like is there going to be no drama are they all going to just like get along no, you know, they still delivered. There's still drama. There's still <laughs> conflict, you know, there's still competition. So it's interesting to kind of see some of those threads play out regardless, I think of what your age is. But to your point, like there's a lot of integrity in this. There's a lot of intention in this. And I do think we see mm -hmm. that play out, you know, throughout the whole show. And you'll see that as it continues on, it just gets more, you know, it gets more serious um, the further we go along. And I think the right men, the men that are really there for the right reasons end up in the final mix. And they're a very diverse group of men. And that's like the really exciting thing about this. Cause it's like, they all said this to me too. Like, what the heck is she looking for? Like, we cannot find the commonalities in us. And I kind of love that because I was like, yes, I don't want these guys to, to know what's going on. I want to keep them on their toes. But I knew, you know, there was things about each of them that was a really great fit for me. And ultimately my part of the process is 
what is the right fit for me when it comes to wanting to check all the boxes and knowing that I'm on a very tight timeline to do so. And like it or not, you know, I think you do make decisions differently when you have those things mm. at stake because you have to. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I, I loved watching these men to, like live together. I thought that they were like we had said like just a great bunch so much fun there's so many parts that made me kind of like reminded me of college I love that you guys lived next door to each other and you had said something earlier about how like you weren't really there 90% of the time but viewing I felt like you know this maybe compared to the bachelor or something like that you because you were right next door, you guys did have more time, it felt like, than, like, a, these typical dating shows, even just the fact that you get to, like, have these cute, sneaky moments <laughs> through your windows, like, oh my god, my heart melted <laughs> during that scene. You even believe, like, these are real houses, so my sister lives in Atlanta, I mean, and I think People live in these houses now but oh legit there was these houses that were just built so perfectly for this situation and it's such a good point that you make i think it's a big differential you know we're not flying all over the world on these extravagant dates although that would be very nice um i think it's very intentional that we are filming a show that's really based on this girl next door boy next door like literally living mm. right next door to each other even the eliminations like you see that's it's really home centric I think a lot of it, as you see, even some of the challenges coming up are in our houses, our little mixers are in our houses. And I think that really speaks to what we're doing here, right? We're really trying to make a connection based on starting a family and that, you know, of course starts at home. So I think that's a really different piece of this that becomes very grounding to the whole story that really ultimately makes total sense. But those houses were insane. I mean, I would move into that house any day you asked me to. <laughs> I texted Alex immediately. I was like, my dream home. It's my dream home. I know. I was like, yeah, I could live here forever. <laughs> I think I had these, these like totally false notions that somehow at the end of the show, they'd be like, here's the key. This is your house now. Have fun. We get to live here now, right? I love that. I feel like they're kind of kind. I really held out hope. I was like, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about your co-host because Sarah and I are also extreme fans of Sex in the City and yes. freaking Charlotte was like your best gal pal like sitting on the couch gabbing with you throughout this entire yeah. podcast. It's what? every woman's dream. It is. Charlotte helping you through your your relationship. <laughs> it's so true. You know, it's funny because like I, I think, you know, I was in my 20s, you know, in the Sex and the City era. So it's so interesting to revisit it. But it, it's such an iconic show that honestly, like it's so funny in this whole quarantine, I rewatched the whole series. And I'm at such a different place in my life, right? I loved the show in my 20s. I think I loved it more now, you know, and I think they're all in their 30s, um, you know, when they're filming that show, that's the idea they're in their thirties. And so of course I'm a little bit on the other side of that now, but I was like, wow, that's why that's such an iconic show, right? Because it resonates through time. And, it, and it's like, I appreciated them when I was in my twenties and I appreciate them, you know, when I'm in my forties. So it's pretty amazing, but um, it is pretty crazy because I was a Charlotte for sure. <laughs> and I did not know that Kristen was the host. I did not know until I opened the door and I thought, you know, okay, whatever else happens, we're good. 
<laughs> this is good. We're good. It was worth it. And good I really joking. laugh now because I think like everyone thinks, oh, your friend's really jealous. You get a date like these 15 hot guys. I'm like, no, they're really jealous because they get to hang out with Kristen Davis for two months. Right? Like that's why they're jealous. And I totally get it because I'd be the same. <laughs> well, and it totally felt like you guys were girlfriends. Like, she was, like, emotionally invested. You'd be like, oh, oh I, can yeah. I tell you what this bozo did? <laughs> and she'd be like, oh, <laughs> yes. it felt like she was emotionally invested um, in a way that I feel other dating show hosts aren't. And maybe it's because she's a gal. Like, and it yeah. just felt like two girls just, like, ha- going along this, in this experience together. Um, yes. I mean, so many great things to touch on there. I do think the female to female is really important. I mean, Kristen, whether you're talking about, you know, her most iconic character, Charlotte, or Kristen herself, I mean, she has familiarity with these topics that we're now getting in the show. So not only is she a host, but she's a real woman who has navigated these things already. So having that sort of guidance, because truthfully, I was completely cut off from everything. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have TV. I really didn't get to talk to anyone. You know, I was really by myself. So really, Kristen was my sounding board. And truth be told, I think she really sort of played the best friend role in the utmost way. And and what I mean by that is she was seeing things that were happening that, of course, I would not have, right? But as any, like, great best friend would do, they don't just tell you what to do, right? They sort of talk you through it and help you decide what is right for you, you know, regardless of their opinion or maybe, you know, what they know or don't know. And I think that's a really hard balance to strike, but I think Kristen did that really well. You know, you don't see it on the show per se, but those sit and chats that we had before elimination were probably two hours long. Um, and really wow. talking about all of the men and things that have happened. And you just see, a, you just see a snippet of it, but we would, we would sit there for hours talking about these men. Well, and you need that. Like, you need somebody to talk to, and you need somebody that you can be vulnerable around when you're trying to make a significant decision in your life. So the fact that served this role for you, I bet was completely significant, and you'll probably be bonded for the rest of life. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad deal, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not jealous. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can be jealous. I wouldn't blame you. I'm jealous of myself, I think. Um, Sarah and I were also talking. Sarah, I feel like you know what I'm going to ask next. Uh, yeah, something maybe a little lighter than what yeah. we've been talking about. Perfect. We're really excited. Go for it. Okay, so we were obsessed with every single look you had, <laughs> every scene, every shot. The power pony, every jacket, <laughs> that hot pink jacket. Oh. <laughs> Did, so we don't, did you have a stylist oh, my God, oh the amazing. suede jacket yeah yeah is that oh, what yeah is that yes <laughs> i had a i had an amazing stylist who honestly stepped in in the final hour annie bloom she is the bomb i adore her as a stylist and a person she was so amazing so she had me do all these like fashion boards so she could really understand my style she flew out to me in chicago and went through oh my, my closet and pulled, you know, my wardrobe and then built a wardrobe that mixed in with my wardrobe so that it truly was my style. And she crushed it. She crushed it. Like I'm looking to hire her just for everyday life. I love that she 
pull things from your closet. I mean, because did that make you feel more comfortable being able to wear some of your own clothes? I like, it, I wonder, yeah. did you feel it did. dressed and I up think, all the you know, time? Yeah, but it was also amazing for me because honestly, I like, okay, so now just example, I'm a huge fan of white sneakers with like everything. I never wore sneakers with anything. And Annie like convinced me that this was like a go-to look. Now we ended up having this crazy weather during all of filming and it rained every day. So I ended up wearing those white tennis shoes a lot because it was always muddy and I'm obsessed with them. Like I have so many pairs of white sneakers now. <laughs> And I said to Annie, like when we were, I was like, I'm not really a sneaker girl. And she's like, yeah, you know, just try them. And I laugh now because now it's become this sort of like signature look for me, but it's because of Annie. And so I think that's what was great. She took my style, but then she also introduced me to pieces that I maybe never would have picked for myself. And yet when I see them, I'm like, yeah, that's so me. And I think another thing that's really great, I've been kind of like posting about this um, on my blog, but Almost everything that I had in the show is from like H&M, Banana Republic. I mean, really accessible stores for women. And I think that is highly unusual in a show. Like she really pulled these looks on a whole from stores that we all shop at, which I think is incredible. That's incredible. I was like funny side note, like in the last episode you guys saw, the one we just saw, and I had, when I had that jacket on you guys like, and I had the skirt, you can't really see in the episode, but I had this really cute, like jeweled belt. That belt is from Target, and I it's still my favorite belt. It's like Wait, black with like jewels on it. Did it's you from Target? Did you keep the clothes? Yes. Oh, <gasps> what? I mean, Kristen clothes. Like, who needs the guy, right? I know. It's like okay. Well, I think you cracked life. <laughs> I mean, it was a big incentive, right? It's like okay, yes, I have to be completely vulnerable to the world, but. You get some great clothes and you get to hang out with Kristen Davis. Maybe a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so can we, so we know that you were on Brad Womack's season of The Bachelor, Bachelor season one, um, and where he picked nobody, groundbreaking. But um, what was your process between Bachelor BW1 and um, Labor of Love? Like how did this all come together for you? Yeah, it, you know, and it's so different. It's so funny because and they are, you know, timeline quite far apart. I was 29 when I did The Bachelor. I'm 42 now. I was 41, you know, when I did Labor of Love. So very different times in my life. It's funny, too, because I think I sort of had the last old school season of The Bachelor, right? I feel like social media wasn't a thing yet. We weren't traveling all around the world doing these exotic dates. It was like old school Bachelor. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I think kind of a different world. But truthfully, I never thought I would do a reality show again. Like that was not even on my radar. Like I had gone on with my life, never thought twice about it. And out comes labor love, right? It was too perfect for me not to say yes. So a friend of mine, who's also a mentor of mine, sent me the casting call. So it wasn't even anyone in the industry um, Mm -hmm. and said, hey, this woman sounds exactly like you. What do you think? And I was like, yeah, you know what? She does. I'm going to apply. And I remember like, I think either later that day or the next morning, I got a call from casting and it was like the process was just off. And I knew, and it was a long process. I don't think people realize like the the casting for the woman, I was in that process for almost a year before we started filming the show. Um, So it was, it was lengthy. And 
I knew from the beginning that I was supposed to do this and that if I was fortunate enough to get the offer, I would say yes. So as we got kind of close to it and I thought it was going to happen, I was terrified, of course. And even as soon as I had that thought, my only reason to not do this is because I'm scared. I was basically signing on the line. <laughs> like There was no way I was not going to do it, especially just, you know, out of fear. So I think, you know, the point is with labor of love, it's just so aligned with where I was at in my life. There is literally no separation between the show and my personal journey in life. So even watching the show now is not as weird as people think because it is my life. And I didn't necessarily feel that way when I did the, the bachelor. Like I really wanted the fairy tale and I wanted the romance and I wanted to fall in love and I wanted that fairy tale happily ever after, but it was a show, right? Even though it wasn't what bachelor nation is now, it was like the most iconic fairy tale that we have. And that's how it felt to me. Labor of love is my life. Oh. And that's a very different experience doing the show. Mm -hmm. And now on the other side of it, were you, relieved when you saw the men? Were you nervous? Like, cause you're just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I did not People wonder about this. Like I knew nothing, nothing about the men until the day before I met them. When I moved into the house, I got to see a few of the profiles. So I maybe saw like five or six of them. And I was like, okay, we're good. Like oh. there's a few in here. <laughs> I think are going to go far. So whatever the other nine are like, we're good. Um, and on top of that, I didn't know how I was going to meet the man. I think what people don't realize, I literally every step of the way did not know what was happening. So the men didn't know what was happening, but neither did I. So even like with the fertility challenge in the opener. Oh, you mean the I walked out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did not know that was going to happen. So I'm walking outside like, okay, what's happening now? Oh my God, these guys are all going to run away. <laughs> oh my God. Well, luckily. But I didn't know about the guys, but they, are, they were a pleasant surprise. So, you know, we were off to a good start. Who would have been like your first impression, Rose? Like, yeah. yeah, it's funny. So I will say, I will say two things about that. So looking through the profiles a little bit, Marcus, I was like, oh, that guy's perfect on paper. That's my guy, you know? Um, and then I will say like after the opener, honestly, Walker was my best first impression, which kind of goes back to what you ladies were asking me earlier. Hands down, I said Walker. I was like, Walker's the guy I want to go out with the most. He's my best first impression. Um, and I was so excited for that date, you know, so it's interesting. And that was really a moment for me, like we discussed earlier of realizing that I would be navigating the situation differently than I had at any other point in my life. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, fun. wow. Um, well, Sarah and I certainly have like our favorites, but we like know that this like journey is going to have a lot of twists and turns. Um, cause you, who are your favorites? I feel like you have to tell me you can't. All right. throw that down and not I think we have the same I'll, one Sarah <laughs> I think Sarah and I have so, a yeah so uh, uh Marcus for sure but another immediate for me was Kyle definitely yeah. but Kyle also very much fits like the profile of like all the guys <laughs> I've ever dated <laughs> that you've ever dated um, <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. He, yeah, Alex, do you want to name off a few more? But she married one of those guys, so. <laughs> yeah, he so reminds me of, of, I don't know. Yeah, he reminds me of my husband a lot. So I, so yeah, I would say, if, if, um, if he's your guy in the end, <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> I also just love Stuart so much. I just feel like he just really has your best interest at heart based on what we've seen so far. We know that we're only halfway through the season, but he just seems to really want to be able to take care of you. Um, yeah. Nurturing quality to him that I just really admire. Yeah. You know, Stuart's funny and I know you guys have seen a uh, lot. Well, you've seen half the show basically, but you know, it is funny. Like you can't throw a curveball at that guy. You know, and who doesn't, who doesn't want that person by your side, but you're going to continue to see that, you know, he's one of the, he is probably the one that could not be tripped at no matter what you threw at him. And I feel like there's points that you'll see where he actually really kind of bails some of the other guys out, you know, it's, it's really interesting, but like you guys said, it's, it's so interesting. And I think we're going into, and I don't know if this is relevant given what, you know when we're going to be listening to this, but I feel like going into the episode four is a big tipping point. People are going to see like the story really gets real this week. So I'm so excited for this week. You know, we're, we're down to eight men at this point. It's really different even between 11 men and eight men. And this is where it really became real for me. And I felt like I was really dating these men before we got down to eight. It was so overwhelming every time I had to walk into a room with all these guys. It was so much. It was so much. I was just like, whoa, okay. I have no idea how to navigate this. And when we got down to eight, I felt like I really got to know this group of men. Um, and they are very different and they all have, you know, their strong points and, and, you know, weaknesses, of course, too, like any of us do. And I will say, I think my final five, is exactly how it should have been, you know, even looking back. It's it's the guys I had my eye on, you know, from the beginning and it ends up working out that way. And that part of the story, I think, is what I'm most excited for people to get to see kind of play out. And that's where there's some twists and turns in the end. So spoil it, but you have to watch all the way to the end. <laughs> I am so excited and I, Feel like we were kind of touching on this earlier but I think you're right I think in week four you can like it feels more comfortable between yes. you and everyone their relationships feel more comfortable between like as friendships your relationship it feels it does feel real you're right that is like a very pivotal moment wow yes I mean I love hearing you say that watching it because it's how I felt in it and knowing that it translate that's it translates that way you know i think is is the truth but i can tell you seeing what we've seen so far you know we we've all seen three episodes um it's so true to life you guys you have no idea the way the men are portrayed is so how they are what happened i mean and so much more happens because we film so much but what but what you're seeing is the truth um and i love that about this show there's, there's not all this splicing and dicing going on and cultivating characters. Really, what you see is what you get. Like, these, this is how the men were. This is how the story truly unfolded. And that's been really exciting for me to see because I was there, obviously. 
but I didn't know how the story was going to be told. And it's such this like sigh of relief for me to realize it's being told exactly how it happened. And it's because I think there's a real story there. And that is something I think that makes this different than other dating shows that we've seen. Yeah. Because there's real, real life is dramatic, ladies. We know it is. You don't need to make this stuff up. No, we don't need anyone to intervene. I mean, the stakes are high here. Like people are, everyone's wanting to create families. And um, what I love so much about you is like, uh, and watching you specifically is like, you have a very good bullshit meter and you seem to uh, cut the fat <laughs> as soon as it's, yeah. like you, are, you seem to be the kind of person where it's like, if somebody is like, you, uh, you, uh, like, um, you and the phrase, like, when someone shows you who they are, believe them, seem to align. Yes. Like, oh, it does. It's so funny that you say that, because that's, like, one of my favorite, it's a Maya Angelou quote, and she says, when someone shows you who they are the first, when someone shows you who they are, who, when, if I could say it right, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Mm -hmm. And at this point in life, I've learned that's so true. And even some of these guys, I think I kind of give a bit of a second chance, but guess what? One time was enough. <laughs> um, we are so stoked that you took the time to hang out with us today. Um, I know you can't give us any spoilers, but like, who did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most direct that question has been asked. I love it. <laughs> So good. Like if I would have had some wine, you know, I could have been like, yeah. <laughs> Boy, here first. Well, I can't tell you that, you know, I can't tell you that. Um, what I can tell you is the journey has continued. Obviously we're kind of a year later here, but I've continued, I've continued on my journey to motherhood. I'm so happy. I'm so confident in how this whole thing worked out. I think what I wanted more than anything was to look back and feel like I could trust everything that happened and really believe in what we did here. And I do, you know, like a thousand percent. So what I'm so relieved about is finally, I'm getting to share the story with the world. And I can't wait until we get a few weeks further and I can talk about all those great details. Oh my God. So I'll leave you with that. <laughs> oh, well that is like so enticing. All I wanna do is just, why can't all these episodes be released at once? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to binge it all well, right now. <laughs> it's funny because I feel like, honestly, this is what's going to happen is a whole bunch of people are going to come on board and just like binge all eight episodes at the same time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. But I think people need to watch it before it, before it all finishes and the ending spoiled, you know? So. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, but I think that's something that's different about this story, too. It's an interesting story where the journey continues. Like, typically you know, you, people maybe are curious about, do they stay together? Do they not? Um, but there's a much bigger story here with much bigger stakes that we've never seen before. And, you know, that's a story that, that really had to continue over the last year. So um, there's a really good incentive to tune in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my God, Christy, you're crazy. <laughs> you are right though, because so close, you though. <laughs> you came into it I mean the first day and it's like listen I'm doing this with or without you so this is yeah it's my journey and that's why we're here 
Yeah, that's what I, you know, that's what I say. There is like, I knew what I wanted going in and that truly was to fall in love and fall in love with a man that I could also see starting a family with. And that person really had to be ready to go. <laughs> right. We were very clear about that. But in my mind going in, and of course I'm going to go for what I want. Everyone should, you know, that's a big message here, but there was no way for me to lose in this because either I'd fall in love, we'd start a family, I'd find a co-parent, we'd start a family, or I'd continue on my own. So it was an exciting journey for me too, because I didn't, I didn't know the ending, you know, going in, but what I did know is that I was going to win no matter what. Oh. And that's really a good bet to play. Oh my God. That's amazing. I feel like we should end on that note because it's like so empowering. It's like I know. when you choose yourself and what you want, that's when you win. Um, that's it really is. And I think the other message here, and I really want other women to realize this because I know like some of my backstory has come out. I didn't get the story I wanted. You know, things haven't worked out perfectly in my life, but look at this story I get to have now. Um, and if I would have quit, if I would have stopped putting myself out there, I would not be having this experience now. And there's no way I could have seen this coming, but I truly believe that I get to have a better story than the one that I planned for myself. And nothing is better than that. So I hope other women take this away from the show and use that in their own life. Yeah. Well, we're both crying, so. <laughs> <laughs> um so you've done your job and yeah and I guarantee everybody who is listening to this podcast if they weren't watching before is going to be so excited to tune in now um thank you so it, much it airs every Thursday at 9 p.m 8 p.m central on Fox um do we know if the episodes are available on Hulu so people can catch they up? are yep on Hulu and Fox now so you can binge those and catch up for this week. Hulu fucks now. Okay, amazing. Christy, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It's incredibly special and we're just so happy that you're at the forefront to tell it. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you guys having me on. Bye. Oh, Bye. we appreciate you being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, you can find us again wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love Rom-Com. Each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet cutes, and of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boombox. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. Yes, I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms. Campfire.